Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to episode number 47 of Grow Bud Yourself. We have a great show planned out for you guys today. Uh, No guest, but we're going to talk all about uh, New York legalization news. Uh, We are going to talk about cultivation, strain of the fortnight, a nice grow tip about preventing cross-pollination between cannabis and hemp, as well as Q&A. So please stick around for episode 47 brought to you by Excelsior Extracts, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, and Diamond Cut Co. Trimming Scissors. Hey, you guys. I really want to thank our sponsors from Excelsior Extracts. These are great friends of the show, uh, great friends of mine for many years, incredible growers, incredible people. And they have made some incredible products as well, including their THC-infused pain rub. And you know it works because you're talking about people who are real, true cannabis medical patients that are making this. Just want to shout out Outcast and and, uh, TOH. Check them out on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R. E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S, Excelsior Extracts. DM them if you're interested in trying out that pain relief rub. Tell them Grow Bud Yourself sent you. And uh, yeah, man, thank you to uh, T and O from Excelsior for sponsoring the show and being just such great friends and supporters. All right, we are back, and it is episode forty-seven. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. You know, this is a, this is an exciting show. We have a lot to talk about. I am Mike G. You can get me on socials at uh, Mike Check G. He's Danny Danko at Danny Danko HT, and this is Grow Bud Yourself. So thanks for tuning in. Indeed, thank you guys, uh, all the Patreon supporters, YouTube subscribers. You guys are all very awesome, and we really, truly appreciate your support. Uh, yeah, man, let's get into some of this, uh, some of this news we got going on. So much news, man. Yeah, and I know, you know, maybe we're beating a dead horse here, but it just keeps, it's a developing story and we have to cover it. So we want to talk about what's going on with, uh, with legalization here in New York. Indeed, yes. And, uh, I'm very excited for this. I think it could be a done deal as early as next week. Uh, typically, you know, the Senate needs to pass it then it sits three days and then uh then the governor signs it and it's it's done so and they've kind they've it's seemingly come to an agreement that that's going to happen um there's a few dems that aren't in favor uh out on long island but i think that they're outvoted uh by the majority democratic senate state senate in new york so it's exciting you know there's some some interesting highlights and some things that i did personally did not think would necessarily make it through um you know they based a lot of this on the mrta which is the you know the much better bill not the governor's bill so you know there's home grow uh which is great uh six to twelve plants uh not a lot of plants but hey you know just grow them bigger right uh medical growers can start cultivating six months after the enactment rec growers will have to wait 18 months uh so i highly recommend getting your med card so you can 
start growing as soon as possible. You know, six months from now, it'll, you know, you'll be ready to go. So get your grow tent from Sweet Leaf and set it all up and you'll be ready uh, to legally grow cannabis in New York. It's very exciting. Um, there's going to be adult use retail sales starting in December 2022. Uh, you know, tax revenues going for social equity grants, which is kind of the important thing about social equity. A lot of people say, you know, it's about like a seat at the table, but it's actually also about funding, you know, actual money going to uh, the, these programs that help people who've been disproportionately affected by the war on cannabis. So that's that's lovely. Um, yeah. Previous marijuana arrests will be expunged automatically. Right, Mike? Yeah. Automatic expungement, which is incredible. Huge. Incredible. That's so big and then home delivery and consumption lounges i mean come consumption on it, lounges this town is going to turn turn into new amsterdam again <laughs> uh, for sure this is amazing yeah no it's huge and um it, it's better than we expected and the reason it's better we covered it a little bit last week but it's because the governor just doesn't have the negotiating power that he once did you know not only uh, is he dealing with these this uh, sex scandal also the covid19 nursing home scandal and on top of that the uh, legislature has a supermajority, which means that they can override a veto if he doesn't like the bill. So really, he, he just wanted to get a bill out. He just wanted something that was going to be positive for him out in the press, knock him out of the headlines for all this negative stuff. So he kind of amazingly, as Dan ran down all the stuff that's in this bill, kind of amazingly, he okayed Things like delivery service, home cultivation, which he had been against uh, for multiple years, consumption lounges. I mean, it's really incredible. And then also, as Dan mentioned, the uh, the sales tax revenue being reinvested in minority communities. I'm hearing um, up to 40% of sales tax and nice. licenses reserved for qualified equity applicants, as much as 50% of those licenses. So uh, a really progressive and uh, and solid bill, it looks like. Yeah, indeed. And, you know, they're also expanding the medical program to to include flour and other things. Uh, so that's interesting as well. Another reason to get your card, because uh, you'll be paying less for the product and you'll be paying less uh, in taxes. And that's even if you don't want to grow your own. Um, yeah, that's that. You know, we'll probably be back next week with another update on this uh, quickly, rapidly changing story. And hopefully we'll have even better news uh, next week with the passage of this law. So... It's incredible how quickly things change. Uh, you know, just a, a year ago, we were all wondering, well, what's going to happen? I mean, obviously, the Northeast was the next big spot. But, you know, between New Jersey and Connecticut and New York, you know, what was going to happen next? And how all the dominoes are falling. New Jersey legalizing puts immense pressure on New York to get something done. And it's all happening. Yes, indeed. Very Pretty exciting. Amazing. I want to run something by you, though. You know, I, it, it's impossible to really... Um, pick a single thing that you know is responsible for kind of creating this atmosphere of legalization obviously it goes you know deep because it's been such a slow um process so we're talking about you know advocacy organizations like normal and activists like jack herrer who helped normalize uh, cannabis and legitimize it um all sorts of of efforts have been put in over the years but most recently the the legalization trend that we're seeing right now and we're really seeing a heck of a trend because, you know, in the 2020 election, we had four states that voted to go legal. You know, now New York is going. A bunch of other states on deck. Connecticut and Rhode Island are desperate to legalize. So I wanted to ask you, I feel like one of the most important elements to this new legalization trend has been Black Lives Matter. 
And the reason I'm saying that is because I feel like collecting revenue was a very important driver for a lot of these governors who saw these um, these fiscal gaps in their state and they wanted some kind of money to magically come in and close these gaps. And that is a very sound and logical reason, but it wasn't enough for a lot of politicians to line up behind these bills or proposals and back legalization. Now, along comes Black Lives Matter and the protests and everything, and I feel like that became a way for politicians to support that movement and help uh, those communities that have been impacted by the war on drugs. But it also gave politicians sort of political cover for supporting these initiatives. So I, I just wanted to know what you thought about it, because it seems like these equity programs are are really this driving factor that helped get New York done, who that they sort of inspired the legislature to get behind a legalization bill. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it definitely uh, increased the momentum, for sure. I mean, you can see that. Uh, and, you know, I think it also just goes to show uh, ca- cannabis in the, in the light of, you know, I, you know, I think the previous states as well. I mean, you're looking at Colorado and and you know, all the, all the money that they're making and putting back into, you know, the coffers really is changing government there. You know, they, they can't ignore millions and millions of dollars. And what they're calling here in New York is a $4 billion plus year, a year industry. I mean, this is, it's a game changer and certainly. It's true, but my, my point is that Last year, it was that same game changer and the year before it was. So mm-hmm. what is different? And I really think that more people became involved in getting this done because it was a way to support um, these embattled communities. Yeah, well, I, you know, I hope so. Social equity is important. Black Lives Matter is important. Uh, it, it's, you know, we've seen a sea change in how people view everything, it seems like. And I think after we get out of this COVID situation entirely and we're kind of back out in the world, I think things are going to be different. I, I really do. I think there's going to be uh, more empathy. I mean, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> you hope know? so. I can't, it can't go the other way, you know, and I mm. think we need to really empathize with each other, you know, really just looking for some peace, but peace with justice and equity and funding and, you know, a change made in the, in the communities, like we said, that are most affected. You know, I'm all for it and I think it's great. And I think, uh, you know, the point was made. Uh, people aren't going to accept the, the the way things have been in the past as far as, you know, police treatment of people of color and, um, you know, just the way that they they use the drug war to get into people's pockets and destroy their lives and uh, really change the course of people's existence in a negative manner. And, I, and w- when that ends, that only increases the, uh, the joy that people can feel and, and the the love and, and all of that. So I, I, I hope, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Just a thought, wanted to get your take. Haven't seen a lot of analysis, uh, you know, on that topic. Okay. So, uh, we have, uh, just one more topic that we'd like to get to very quickly here before getting into some cultivation talk. And that is, uh, there appears to be a bit of a trend that's going on, um, backed by prohibitionists, and the idea is they're introducing bills in legislatures across the country where there uh, there are legalization um, laws that cap the potency allowed in recreational cannabis and concentrates. 
So this is sort of a um, sort of an underhanded backdoor way of making cannabis illegal again after it's been legalized, because essentially you would have all of the higher potency cannabis illegal and, you know, shifted to the black market. And, you know, only very weak pot would be sold in dispensaries. So these bills, you know, they're in states uh, Washington, Montana, Florida, Vermont, Massachusetts. I'm sorry, Vermont actually has a potency cap. They allow 30% uh, THC in flour, which is very high, but only 60% in concentrates, which is on the low end. Right. But Interesting. It's just unrealistic. A lot of these bills that haven't been passed, just introduced in these states, are talking about potency caps for THC at 10%. Uh, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, there's really no reason for it at all. If, if people want higher potency uh, cannabis, they're going to find it. <laughs> you know, we know that for a fact. Uh, they should be able to find it in a licensed uh, legal environment. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, if it's more potent, you use less of it. And that's a, you know, that's a great thing. Uh, so there's really no benefit to those caps. And uh, so I say no cap. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's no, the, the, it's ridiculous. Uh, and it's just like you said, it's a way for them to just sort of dilute legalization in a way while diluting the product of the, the cannabis and the concentrates. And I think, you know, with concentrates that can encourage people to add, you know, additives of some kind to, to, to thin out their concentrates so that it tests proper, which is a super negative. Uh, and who's going to do all this testing? And, and like, right. no one can look at a, a bud and say, oh, that's 20% or that's 10%. So, you know, these cops are going to be running around with lab testing kits and, and gas chromatography? No. So it's really just a, a waste of time, waste of energy. My no fear, I guess, if they pass something like this is that, you know, when they bust somebody and they do test the pot, you know, oh, suddenly instead of being completely within the legal limits of uh, cannabis in your state, now you're in possession of an illegal substance and you face, you know, uh, prison time or whatever it is. It's really weird. It doesn't make sense. I mean, even when I see in, you know, Massachusetts or California where the, the edibles have to be five gram servings. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know medical patients that want 500 gram servings. <laughs> so, uh, milligrams, I should say. Sorry. Yeah, uh, grams. <laughs> grams is a whole uh -huh. other story. So, you know, they're, they're, they're capping it at five milligrams per serving. So you have to eat you know, five or 10 chocolate pieces to get the effect that, you know, if you made that chocolate yourself and it was 20 milligrams per piece, you'd eat less. And I think that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with potent cannabis. If you want cannabis that's not potent, plenty of, <laughs> plenty of it already exists out there in the world, believe me. Uh, and if you want cannabis that's not potent at all, you can smoke CBD cigarettes and CBG cigarettes. And I mean, all that stuff exists now. Delta 8, all these things are out there as alternatives to high potency cannabis but you know what the people i know and all my crew and and everyone i meet for the most part when i'm traveling around and meeting real connoisseurs and and growers and all that they they're not all about thc mind you it's not like oh this is the highest thc this is the best weed because that's not true either that's a misnomer i think once you're up over 15 percent 20 percent it's all about the interplay between the terpenes and the and the and the cannabinoids and the flavonoids and all of it. There's so much com complexity going on to what makes a great strain a great strain, including the scent and the flavor. And so, 
you know, I, I, I don't go into, I wouldn't go into a dispensary and just buy the highest THC product. And most people I know don't, although many, many people do because they want the, the best, what they consider the biggest bang for their buck. Uh, but that not, might not be the best strain for them. So while THC isn't the end all be all, and I think that's kind of where these people are looking at this from, it's like, if we lower the THC, we'll have less you know, car accidents or we'll have less this or that or the other. And it's like, there's psychedelic weed that's that's tests fairly low you know comparatively to some other strains so it's really not just about thc and i think uh you know the people i know are all about you know having as much uh, you know reaching that level of thc where you're happy and you're high but then there's also all the other nuanced factors that come in with all the other you know the flavors and the terps and all that so i think it's ridiculous and stupid i think everyone should vote against it and i think uh politicians are just wasting time you know grinding gears and hopefully it'll never happen anyway that's a little look uh what's going on in the world of cannabis but uh we have some great cultivation information coming your way next indeed so uh without further ado we will be back after these messages with more grow bud yourself Hey guys, Grow Bud Yourself is so proud to be sponsored by Sweet Leaf Nutrients. They have an incredible line of organic and synthetic nutrients, uh, amazing amendments, great stuff on their website. And using the code DANKO15, you can get 15% off of everything at sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F. They have amazing organic fertilizers, amendments, indoor hydroponic grow tent kits, uh, smell-proof bags, duffel bags, all kinds of backpacks, and an incredible line of newts that work wonderfully with cannabis. We got a great promotion going on with Patreon, where we're giving away sweet leaf nutrients at those different levels, and lots of promo codes there as well. So we are just super psyched to have Sweet Leaf on as a sponsor for the show, and we hope that you will also support them. Join us on our Patreon page for some free newts. And check out their site, sweetleaf.com, for nutrients and more. All right, we are back. And let's talk cultivation. Let's dig some holes. Let's uh, take some cuttings. Let's root some clones. Uh, But first, I want to mention that the grow section is brought to you by Diamond Cutco Premium Quality Trimming Scissors. Diamond Cutco has an incredible line of trimming scissors. They have free shipping available. There's a code, Danko20, gets you 20% off. They're made by growers for growers, and it's a company that really actually cares about uh, not giving you carpal tunnel, and it makes trimming more fun. So check them out at diamondcutco.com or diamond period cut period co on instagram and uh enjoy the amazing difference that it makes when you trim with premium quality scissors yeah thank you to diamond cutco um excellent company excellent scissors so we are in the cultivation segment now and uh it has been a fortnight which of course can only mean one thing on this show and uh our listeners might might know that we've struggled to find the appropriate introduction for our strain of the fortnight feature fortunately we have our our listeners and one of our faithful listeners on um patreon gunja gonzalez our friend gunja gonzalez took it upon himself 
to uh, to create a little intro for Strain of the Fortnite. So, what do you think? Should we should we play it? Yeah, let's play that. That sounds awesome. All right, here we go. <laughs> and yes, this is a Fortnite. And yes, this is a Fortnite. Strain of the Fortnite. What do you got for us? Uh, what do you got for us this week? Strain of the Fortnite. <laughs> Strain of the Fortnite. Wow, <laughs> that's that's amazing. Our yeah. our listeners, uh, that's just awesome. Thank you, Gunja. And uh, I think that might be the first time uh, either of us has been auto tuned. <laughs> but that was I think pretty so. cool. Yeah, yeah that, thank you, Gunja. Right. We we appreciate that. He um, worked in my uh, my maniacal laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as well mm-hmm. which is great perfect <laughs> so yeah that's, thanks that's thank you so that's, much that's and uh yeah appreciate your support as well on patreon absolutely all right so uh, you know uh, gunja has the right idea what do you got man what's the strain yes, of the Fortnite? indeed so the strain of the Fortnite is called white 99 now this is a strain that i picked up actually one of the first times i've ever bought bought legal cannabis i was up in uh Massachusetts, and I purchased an eighth of uh, White 99 from a place called The Pass, a really beautiful shop in uh, in the Berkshires. Actually has the distinction of being the closest uh, rec dispensary to New York City. It's about a three-hour drive, in case anybody's wondering, but uh, pretty awesome place. Uh, got a nice uh, behind-the-scenes tour there, and, and, and they've got a lot of great products. And the Berkshires in general are just incredible. Massachusetts has got it going on right now. Um, not just with the cannabis, but just what a beautiful place. Uh, anyway, uh, the white 99, you know, I opened it up. It wasn't super impressed. I mean, it's bright green, tight, kind of tight, what I would consider tiny nuggets. Um, not, no big, you know, amazing looking flowers, but, uh, you know, even though they're not necessarily like Instagram worthy specimens, uh, the real value is that these are just like frosty little buds. Um, they break open to reveal many glistening trichomes. Um, those glandular trichomes are filled with cannabinoid-rich essential oils. So it's just uh, sometimes you see p- buds that don't look pretty, but the, the the effect or the flavor is just so amazing. This happened uh, with a lot of hazes over the years. I would say Dr. Grinspoon is one of those. Uh, a lot of a lot of strains. They just you know they don't necessarily they're not beautiful. But uh, but they are just an incredible smoke, um, and this has that you know earthy musky uh, odor and very tart piney scent uh, as well. Uh, I took a dry toke of this first on like a freshly rolled joint. Uh, had some you know floral uh, floral accents to it, kind of reminiscent of freshly cut clover, uh, wild sage. Another thing I'm really a stickler about is uh, flowers that burn evenly and cleanly, you know, properly. So once I ground these up uh, and, and lit the joint, I could see that, you know, it, there was a wispy, light white ash, which is exactly what you want when you're smoking flowers, for sure. I mean, if it's a dark ash and it, it doesn't burn clean, it's obviously there's, there's residuals there. There could be pesticides, there could be overfeeding issues, there could be no flushing, but either way... Um, I want, I love flowers that burn clean. So that was important to me and great to see, you know, uh, dispensary flowers that actually burn properly. It's really, really nice sign. 
Um, the high comes on strong, uh, kind of sativa dominant early on. I definitely got an increased appetite, but then the, that quick rush sort of wore off after that initial onset. So kind of just mellowed into a, a, a longer lasting, relaxed feeling. So it was great. And uh, I think these would be perfect for uh, gaming on the couch uh, or you know a movie binge, something from the comfort of the couch. This isn't like a get on the bike and ride around town kind of strain. But still amazing. And uh, for medical patients, uh, particularly people with depression or anxiety, this can be helpful. Um, if you're looking to manage chronic uh, debilitating symptoms of those ailments, uh, try try the White 99. I, I think it could help you. Um, it's energetic. It's happy. Um, and it kind of just provides you with a pathway through any negativity. So... Uh, it's inspiring and very focused. So I, I really like the White 99. Uh, the dispensary is called The Pass. Uh, and check it out if you're in Western Mass or if you're visiting. All right. White 99, the strain of the fortnight. And, uh, you know, our listeners know that each week Dan provides a grow tip that will help you become a better cultivator. So uh, what would you like to discuss this week? Yeah, this week I'd like to discuss, I actually saw an article uh, on a very interesting subject that I've been wondering about a lot, uh, especially lately, but even over the years. And it's by this woman named Deborah Agbula, uh, and it's at CannabisTech.com. And the article is about preventing cross-pollination between cannabis and hemp. And, you know, this wasn't a huge problem before, obviously, because we didn't have these massive fields and, you know, hemp growing uh, by thousands of acres and things like that. But the problem can arise if you're growing cannabis, and I mean even indoors, greenhouse, outdoor, whatever, however you're growing, uh, and hemp pollen travels to your cannabis, it will, it will infiltrate your pot with seeds. And they're useless seeds for you because they're a cross between low THC hemp and whatever it is that you were growing. So it really is a problem. And I mean, there's places where it can really be a problem if you're talking about Northern California, Oregon, Colorado, where there's just so much hemp growing and you're talking about pollen that can travel a very long distance. It's very light. And, you know, this happened over the years with cross-pollination of cannabis to cannabis. And that's why sometimes you'll see one seed, you know, in a bud or in a, in a pounds and pounds of bud or whatever. It's just one grain of pollen that traveled real far to get to that plant and made a seed. So, uh, that's not so much of a big deal, but if you get a cloud of hemp pollen, uh, and, and you know, for the hemp farmers, it's a problem too, because if they get a cloud of our plants, if someone's breeding and they're growing males and that pollen gets to the hemp, now their hemp could, the, could potentially test higher in THC in future generations. So the problem goes both ways. Obviously, you know, we're more concerned about it as cannabis, you know, high THC cannabis growers, uh, and it, it's only going to get worse, really. So uh, to solve the problem, you kind of have to understand uh, things like wind speed, wind direction, uh, what the precipitation, humidity, uh, topography, physical barriers, uh, and, and such. The timing of pollen releasing as well. Sometimes you can time your plants sep you know, to grow when that male pollen is not flying around. Um, Industrial hemp regulations uh, state that a safe distance of three miles to 30 miles is, uh, you know, to keep their hemp pedigrees and cultivars apart. Uh, and Canadians agree with that as well. Uh, for cannabis and hemp 
they, you know, these experts are saying that a distance of 10 miles is sufficient between fields to avoid cross-pollination. And I'm quoting from this article right now. Uh, and I don't know that 10 miles is sufficient. I know it's plenty, but I think uh, there's other means by which you can reduce the possibilities. And they're listed out here as well, surrounding your cannabis plants with taller plants like corn, sunflowers, things like that. They can trap those pollen grains before they reach your plants. Uh, HEPA filters, if you're growing indoors, I mean, everything has to be filtered and the down to, you know, the nanogram or the micron, you really want to filter the air coming in uh, and regulate the air pressure inside so that you're pushing air out uh, so that nothing's creeping in. Um, misting male flowers, they mention here as well, uh, in the morning can help weigh down the pollen, keep it from traveling so far. Uh, and that's really kind of where we're at right now and we're still figuring this all out which is interesting um but i've i've been very interested in the subject and i'm just glad somebody wrote it up um sorry to sort of be poaching their article for our podcast but i was just fascinated by what the future holds between cannabis and hemp and are we going to have situations where hemp pollen sort of devastates our cannabis crops and uh it's something that you didn't really anticipate coming until legalization like as being as where it's at now and you know I, my preference is certainly for outdoor or greenhouse grown cannabis and i think it's more sustainable that way but this could draw a lot of flower growers indoors because you just don't want your crops filled with seeds it's it's not profitable it's not good and and the seeds are are worthless and the whole crop basically has to be made into hash at that point uh with much less of a return than if you were doing seedless flowers so that's uh, my take on the article that I read at CannabisTech.com about preventing cross-pollination between cannabis and hemp. All right. Very good. Interesting stuff. Um, so that is the grow tip. And now, you know, now it's time to do some grow questions. So um, if you have a question that you would like answered on this show, you can email us. That is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, get in touch with us. Ask us your question. Dan will answer it on the show. Um I don't know. What do you say? Let's let's get started here. Yeah, let's answer some questions. All right, let's let's start off with Joey from Southern Oregon, who writes, Good afternoon, gentlemen. I'm currently listening to episode 45. Somebody asked for help combating slugs and snails. Uh, I use a very cheap, organic, effective, and rewarding method. Chickens and ducks. You will never see another slug or snail again. So there you go. That's the tip from Joey. What do you think? <laughs> That's a great tip. Yeah, I mean, I've actually, I think I've mentioned it in the past when we've talked about bugs in an outdoor or garden or a greenhouse uh, where chickens and ducks can be very helpful uh, with bugs. But I didn't even think that, you know, slugs and snails are part of their food as well. And that's that's great. Uh, chicken poop, you got to remember, is very high in nitrogen, very hot. So you got to move those chickens around. Um, and what's cool is they, they sort of scratch the surface of the soil. They, they help out in lots of ways. Uh, besides just being cute and fun and, like you said, organic, effective, and cheap. Uh, and, you know, they can feed you as well if that's <laughs> if that's the sort of thing you're looking for. Uh, and I'm sure free-range chickens that are eating bugs and slugs and snails are going to taste amazing once they're cooked up. So thank you for that tip. Yes, thank you, Joey. We appreciate that. Uh, let's move on to CG. 
And CG writes, I'm a beginner grower and I stupidly put two plants too close together in a mid-sized pot. I knew it was time to transfer them to a larger pot, and when I did so, the roots were tangled. I tried to untangle them without harming them, but it couldn't be done. Uh, they are now slightly in shock, but they don't seem to be goners yet. Anyway, is it okay that the roots are tangled? Also, what can I do to bring them back up to health? Uh, what do you think? Yes, uh, so CG, right? That's his name, CG. CG, uh, yeah. It's true, as you said, that planting more than one cannabis plant in the same container is ill-advised uh, and less than ideal. Now, that's unless you're actually growing into big beds. Uh, and the big beds are very effective. That's how Soma loves to grow. Uh, and if so if they're in a big bed, uh, you can plant them as long as they're far enough apart uh, and they can share that space. But in containers, especially, you know, five gallons or smaller, what's going to happen is the roots are going to become tangled as you, as you mentioned, and they're going to compete for nutrients in the medium. Uh, the plants at the top of the plants, they're going to be competing for light because there's not, they're not spaced apart very well. Uh, and this could result in smaller yields if the plants, than if the plants were in their own pots and not crowded together like that. Um, so I wouldn't recommend separating them due to the stress that that could cause after they're like a certain size. Uh, but I would keep them separated in the future. And what you can do now is train them so that they're, f you know, up far further apart from each other. Try to um, point them into sort of different directions so that uh, you end up with more budding sites and things. But uh, in the future, you know, chalk it up to a lesson learned and just keep your plants in individual pots. All right, there you go. Uh, thank you, CG. Let's go to Chris. And Chris writes, Hi, I've never grown marijuana before, but I wanted to give it a try. I've been researching everything from soil and tent kits to lighting and nutrients. There's a lot of conflicting information to go through on the internet. My plan so far is to grow four plants in soil in five-gallon containers. I will start with seeds in a 4x4x72-inch tent with uh, grow lights and ventilation. I want to grow two plants high in THC and two plants high in CBD all in the same tent. Both strains should be easier for first-time growers. Uh, I've seen that it's possible, but my problem is I can't figure out which two strains will vegetate at the same time and then grow at the same height. So is this realistic, or should I just try one strain? Hopefully you will know of a high CBD strain and a high THC strain that will work for me. So what would you say to Chris? Yeah, so uh, interesting, you know, uh, you'll have your CBD and your THC plants in your in the same tent. And they t tend to grow very similarly if you're growing for a flower, uh, as long as they have uh, flowering times that are somewhat compatible, they'll be fine in the tent uh, side by side. I would say, you know, 60 to 65 days is probably where you want to be at in, in the flowering time. Um, there's lots of strains you can grow in, in the tent. Uh, it's not that important that they be the same height, really, because you can always raise the smaller ones or make adjustments as necessary to the bigger ones with uh, bending and, and tying and things. Uh, some of my favorite CBD-rich strains uh, at the moment are bred in Spain by Dynafem Seeds. Uh, they have lab testing in their breeding projects. They have very high CBD-rich uh, strains that are available, and uh, I think they're Dynaf Dynamed CBD is amazing. It tests at about 10 to 14% CBD uh, with very low THC content, 0.4 to 0.6. Uh, 
Uh, early Amnesia CBD is another great one. And their Haze Autoflowering CBD is a, a, a CBD-rich haze plant, which is incredible and doesn't take too long to, to grow. Uh, and is autoflowering as well. So that's an interesting one for sure. Uh, as for the THC-rich strains, there's so many to choose from. Uh, lately, I've been enjoying Cherry Vanilla Cookies. That's uh, from Professor P of Dynasty Genetics. Sunday Driver from Canarado Genetics is incredible. Uh, a lot of people talking about that. Dosey Dose, uh, the one that's bred by NorCal ICMAG and available from Archive Seed Bank. Uh, those are three really potent choices and very flavorful. Uh, but as I mentioned, there's so many more available. As a beginner, you should look into possibly feminized or autoflowering varieties. Those are pretty easy to grow, and you don't have to mess around too much uh, with killing off males or changing your light cycles and things. So that's uh, what I would recommend as far as growing THC and CBD plants side by side. All right. Hopefully that uh, helps you out there, Chris. Uh, we got time. Uh, let's let's try to do two more here. We'll go to the speed round. Uh first one comes from uh, an anonymous listener in Butte over in Montana who writes, a friend of mine told me that having a praying mantis in the grow room can help kill harmful bugs. Is this true? Yes, indeed. Your friend is correct. Uh, carnivorous praying mantises, some people call them mantids. Uh, they love to eat many of the insects that plague our ganja gardens. They're also one of nature's most voracious garden protectors. Uh, great organic alternative to chemical pesticides. They eat uh, aphids, white flies, spider mites. They eat their eggs. Uh, and here's the thing. You can purchase mantis eggs online, have them delivered as a pod uh, containing up to 150 or more praying mantis babies that will eventually hatch in the warm weather if you're outside or in the warm grow room if you're inside. Now, once they've eaten their fill, they're going to want more food. So you'll need to either feed them more bugs or send them on their way. But it's really fun to watch them attack vegetarian pests. And it makes me think of uh, the Kung Fu films where they have the praying mantis style because they're just they sit on the branch super quiet and they just wait patiently. And then they see a bug and just within an instant, they just grab it and eat it. It's very satisfying. It's very fun. And uh, and they're big, you know, sometimes trying to see some of these predators are very tiny, microscopic almost, and uh, the mantises can be uh, you know, three or four inches long once they're mature. So it's pretty awesome. And you just, like I said, you got to basically send them on their way if they're indoors and they've eaten up all the food. But yeah, they're a great alternative. Great to have in any outdoor garden, even if it's not a cannabis garden. All right. So yeah, if you got a garden pest angst, that's a good way to relieve it. Uh, thank you to um, Anonymous. We appreciate the uh, the email. Okay, so last one. Uh, this comes from Facebook. It is Chief KK710 who writes, Hey guys, I'm a younger first-time grower that's listened to your show for a few months. I feel I've learned more here than most other content out there. Wow, thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, my question, how long has it been since you've listened to the first five episodes of Free Weed? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I've decided to listen to them. I found out about you through GBY. I advise anyone who hasn't heard those to check it out. Y'all have grown a lot. And then P.S. Uh, Mike G., we love you. You are a beautiful soul. Oh, Not that you say that's that so to all sweet. the girls. <laughs> um, but thank you. That's so sweet. You are a beautiful soul. Mm. I like that. And I love you too. So the first five episodes. Right. 
I have not done that. I, I think after uh, hearing this, I think I want to go back and check it out. I'm sure we were very, uh, you know, green <laughs> when it comes to podcasting. The first episode we did was in 2011. Uh, and a lot has obviously happened since then. It's been a decade of a lot of changes. And, you know, he says y'all have grown a lot. I think we've all grown a lot in the last uh, 10 years and it's hard to believe that first show was 10 years ago. It's it's amazing. But uh, that was free weed. This is Grow Bud Yourself. And, uh, you know, we decided to continue the tradition uh, with a new name, obviously. But, yeah, I'm going to go back and listen to some of those early episodes and, and hear what we sound like and just uh, what we thought we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. When we started this show, I, uh, you know... I thought about people who would listen to Free Weed jumping over to Grow Bud Yourself, but I didn't really think about people who first started listening to Grow Bud Yourself going back and listening to Free Weed. So that's interesting. And yeah. You checked him out. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you. All right. So uh, that was our cultivation segment uh, in the Q&A portion. If you have a question that you would like answered, uh, email us. That is info at growbudyourself.com. Um, what do you say we take a little break, come back, and put a bow on it? Let's do it. All right, welcome back, and you have made it all the way to the wrap. Uh, I am so thankful to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the amazing tune that starts the show. I want to thank uh, Excelsior Extracts. They make an amazing pain rub, along, among a lot of other things. Uh, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, remember that... Uh, Denko 15 code for 15% off at Sweetleaf. Diamond Cut Co., the trimming scissors. Denko 20 gets you 20% off of those. Uh, they got some amazing new products uh, coming out as well. Vapor.com, GBY is the code there for 15% off of any kind of vaporizer needs, including a bunch of other stuff that has nothing to do with vaporizers, like rolling papers and dab rigs and accessories. But they got it all. Check them out at vapor.com. Use that code if to save some money. Um, love our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. We've grown over there as well, which is so great. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming up for you guys. Um, go to patreon.com slash Danny Danko for that. Um, if you want to you know, just have us running on your smart TV or whatever on YouTube, uh, you can listen to the show that way too. Um, that's very helpful. And yeah, man, what a show. Thank you to you, Mike. Um, thank you, to, of course, to all the listeners. And we've got some exciting news coming up uh, in the very near future about New York and about just cannabis in general. Things are really chugging along. So thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for enjoying the show. And I think maybe it's time to just wrap it up and say uh, put it in the books. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, put this one in the books. And uh, thank you, guys. We'll be back next week with more Grow Bud Yourself. <laughs>